Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose. This is TMA with Nick Hamilton. Wake your goat mouth ass up. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience, but look like it just came out of the basement. TMA with Nick Hamilton. You know what I'm saying? Thank you because, because now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be on this planet. Hope everybody had a great weekend, a great Super Bowl weekend, and a great start to the brand new week. Those of you that have celebrated Valentine's Day, hey, good luck to y'all. I don't do it. But I think one thing I feel is funny before I get into the program is the fact that going on Instagram, going on a lot of these social media platforms, you see a lot of these, or excuse me, some of these women, let me say a lot, but some of the women out here that act like or give the impression as if they're single and doing all these different things. And then all of a sudden, two days out of the year, you want to post your dude all plastered all over the, the, the social media space, which I find incredibly funny. Valentine's Day and Christmas. Those seem to be the two holidays that y'all want to start peeking back, the, pulling back the curtain and peeking back there. I find that funny. Y'all are hilarious, by the way. But anyway, into the program. Got a lot of catching up to do. It's been a very, very long, I would say almost two weeks now. Um, I have had no days off, and I'm not complaining because I enjoy every moment of it. And I appreciate all of you for listening to this program. Um, had a good time on Radio Row. Got a lot accomplished uh, during Super Bowl week here in Los Angeles. Los Angeles was lit. Uh, for those of you that did not make it out, I will do my best to try to recap what happened, what went down, what I went through, what I experienced. Uh, at all. I went to some amazing Super Bowl parties and uh, had some fun doing it. So, But first things first, congratulations out to the Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams, who defeated the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday night, 23-20, to in a really back and forth epic battle between two really good teams. The Cincinnati Bengals seem to be the Cinderella of the NFL because they pretty much pushed their way and forced their way through the AFC gauntlet known as the Tennessee Titans who were the number one seed, the Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs, all on the road just to have an opportunity to play at SoFi Stadium in Super Bowl 56. The LA Rams have had an up and down season They've gone through a lot of adversity, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, um, injuries, guys having to step up, dealing with COVID, and they stayed the course. And there was a lot of question marks about, could Matthew Stafford get it done? Would this be a failed season if they did not win the Super Bowl? Well, guess what? All of those questions were answered on Sunday night because Matthew Stafford, who had an incredible postseason, went 3-0 and for the first time ever in his career, after previously going 0-2 in the playoffs, managed to get the job done. He had two interceptions. However, when it counted the most, this is when you need your quote-unquote franchise quarterback to step up big time. And that's exactly what he did when he found Cooper Cup on a cross route into the end zone for what at that time seemed to be the game-winning touchdown. But Joe Burrow 
had another tried to have some more tricks up his sleeve because let me tell you something joe burrow if you did not respect joe burrow before you have to give him his respect now that kid is tough as nails when he had that i think it was about midway through the fourth quarter when everybody thought he had suffered a knee injury and everybody thought okay joe burrow is done he's probably not going to come back and guess what joe burrow toughed it out because he knew this was it like this is the super bowl there is no hey we'll, we'll play next week this is not the regular season and fourth and one the rams defense was on the field leonard floyd aaron donald von miller a guy that you brought in um jalen ramsey out and i'll get into jalen ramsey in a few moments and aaron donald came up with the strip sack and pretty much sealed the deal. And to me, this is why we say how great Aaron Donald truly is. Aaron Donald was already a first ballot Hall of Famer, in my estimation. Now getting a ring seals the deal. And that's how the and, and so basically Rams take over on downs. Matthew Stafford hits the knee. There you have it. it. It appeared to be earlier in the game, though, in the first half, Odell Beckham was absolutely phenomenal. The Cincinnati Bengals had no answer for Odell Beckham Jr. He was on on course to have a tear. And if he would have stayed healthy and didn't have that ACL injury uh, that he suffered, and it was a non-contact injury, as many of you saw, Odell Beckham would have probably clearly been the MVP of the game. Because how could you not give him the MVP, right? The thing about it is Cooper Cup, who was double teamed, majority of the first half, found a way to get open and contribute big time. Something he's done all season long. So I'm I'm not surprised at, at, at Cooper Cup. That's something he's done all season long. I still can't figure out for the life of me why the hell defensive coordinators decide not to double team Cooper Cup. Why do you go with single coverage on Cooper Cup? I mean, did you not witness Ty Bowles and how his lapse in judgment cost the Buccaneers an opportunity to move on to the NFC Championship because he decided not to double up Cooper Cup? So if you're the Cincinnati Bengals defensive coordinator, wouldn't it make sense for you to double up on Cooper Cup and force Matthew Stafford to either go to Daryl Henderson or Sony Michelle or Van Jefferson or Ben Skoranek? Makes sense to me. I'm sure it makes sense to all of you out there. But for some reason, that didn't happen. Rams prevailed. Sean McVay is the youngest coach to win a Super Bowl in NFL history. And it was it was cool, too, because there was a lot of talk after the game about would Aaron Donald retire? Would Sean McVay retire? Well, those two put those rumors to bed. Aaron Donald said on Monday, I don't know where these retirement rumors came from, but that's something you all want to run with. Be my guest. Why would Aaron Donald retire? There's no the man looks like he has no signs of slowing down. What gives him the notion of retiring? If they continue to, if Les Need and and Sean McVay continue to put this team together like we've been witnessing ever since they hired Sean McVay in 2017, you don't think they can they can go on another run? Now I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl next year because it's 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 up for anybody's guess. But what I'm saying is. You don't think that the Rams could get back to the Super Bowl, let's say, if they don't do it next year, the year after that? 
The one thing about the Rams is they put in all their chips and they want to win at that moment. They did it in 19. They learned from 19 because when we spoke with Les Need earlier in the week, they realized they had they had a lot to learn about how to prepare a team for a Super Bowl. And sometimes the losses, if you're smart enough, can turn into lessons. And if you're wise enough to peep out what the lesson is, you may not fail the second time around at the same thing. And that's exactly what the Los Angeles Rams did. They continued to build their culture. They continued to draft. They continued to get guys in that fit their model, that believed in the culture, that believed in the team. And it was a we, not me mentality. And that's exactly what they did. And also they hired some really great assistants. I mean, we now know Kevin O'Connell more than likely is going to take the Minnesota job, who's the offensive coordinator with the Rams. We know Raheem, Raheem Morris became the defensive coordinator after the departure of Brandon Staley, who is now the, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers head coach. I would expect Thomas Brown to pop the running backs coach. I think he would be a good opportunity for him to be an offensive coordinator. But we'll see what happens. Obviously, the guys are elated. It was great to see um, L.A. lit once again having the Los Angeles Rams win in so far, the, the second team to do it in NFL history. And it was amazing to watch. I was there, and it was amazing to watch in person, just the, the electric atmosphere. And it was buzzing throughout the whole week in the city. Like, if you were in L.A. any point in time, and I know some of you that may be listening, um, maybe some of y'all were in L.A. Um, this past week, it was a different vibe. It felt like L.A. was ready to host the Super Bowl. You know, last time the Super Bowl was in Southern California, this part, it was in Pasadena in 93. And it didn't, I don't recall it feeling like it was a Super Bowl. This, and obviously I was much younger back then, but this feels like, a, this felt like a Super Bowl. This felt like the city was on fire. The city was ready. The weather cooperated. It was hot. Um, Probably one of, I think, the warmest Super Bowl on record, temperature-wise. It was hot. People were ready. And I was I was really amazed at the amount of Bengals fans that showed up at SoFi. I did not think that Bengals fans traveled or were really that deep out here in these football streets. I really didn't. So props to all the Bengals fans that showed up at SoFi Stadium and really represented for your team. And Bengals fans don't have a lot to be ashamed of. You have a quality quarterback in Joe Burrow. He continues to remain healthy. You have some great pieces, T. Higgins. You have uh, Jamar Chase, who's a flat-out stud. This dude is big time, and he proved it. No moment was too big for Jamar Chase, especially on the biggest stage of them all at the Super Bowl where all cameras, all eyes were on him. And let me tell you something. Jalen Ramsey, as good as a quarterback as he is, and he's a top-notch cornerback, he did not show up. At, at various moments in that Super Bowl. I'm going to be quite honest with you. A lot of you saw it. I'm not lying. You know what you saw, just like I know what I saw. And that wasn't the Jalen Ramsey that we were accustomed to. Jamar Chase put that work in on him. He gave him that work. Bottom line, does that take anything away from Jalen? No. Every player can have an off game. Every player has an off game. Even the greats have an off game. How many times have we seen Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or even Deion Sanders, for that matter, have an off game, if you recall? Patrick Peterson. 
the greats have off games. It just happened. It's unfortunate the timing of it for Jalen. But I think Jalen will come back stronger. But in the meantime, in between time, Jamar Chase gave him that work. But Cincinnati Bengals have something. Joe Mixon, all, you know, they have to fix that secondary because Eli, Eli Apple was absolute trash. Eli Apple was trash. He had no business being out on that field. None. No business on that field. He was toast, burnt toast. Cooper Cup burned him. I mean, we, we can go down the list. And if I'm the Cincinnati Bengals, I try to make a call to Patrick Peterson, maybe. Get somebody. Anybody's better than anybody's better than Eli Apple. Somebody to take a bite out of that damn apple and throw it away. Because Eli Apple is garbage. But they have to they have to fix this. I think the, the for the Cincinnati Bengals to be successful and to get them back to Super Bowl contention. They have to fix the secondary. Definitely fix that shaky O-line and get Joe Burrow some protection. There's no reason why Joe Burrow should have been sacked seven times. If he continues to get sacked that many times over his career, he's going to turn into David Carr 2.0. We all know, if you go, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and do the research. Go Google David Carr. And that's why he's an analyst now. And if a car backfires, he's up there ducking because of the treatment that he suffered when he was a Houston Texan, because they gave him no O-line protection at all. And it shortened his career. That's why David Carr is an analyst now. A good one. But he could have had a, a much longer career in football. And I, I, want, I would love to see Joe Burrow, back, Joe Burrow back in the Super Bowl. And I think they will be back in the Super Bowl. Maybe not, if not next year, the year after. Because I think this Cincinnati team is on the right road. But man, ooh-wee, the Los Angeles Rams, they did it. And let me and, and congratulations to them. Congratulations to Stan Kroenke, Kevin Demoff, the entire staff, the community relations division, uh, PR staff, everybody associated with the Rams. Congratulations. Because twice in pretty much six years, says a whole lot, especially when they came back to Los Angeles in 2016 and they were absolutely awful. They were a disgrace. And once they fired Jeff Fisher, they knew the culture had to change. And they had no idea where they were going to go because Sean McVay wasn't waiting in the wings. They had to go through that whole process. One of the smartest things the Rams did was not fire Les Snead. They allowed Les Snead to remain on board. And that was one of the smartest decisions that they were able to make in addition to hiring Sean McVay, obviously, later on. And trying to turn this team around and get it back to where they wanted to compete for championships. And this is a team that's going to compete for some more championships. If they continue to build the, the right way and continue to build, obviously, through free agency and, and drafts, they're going to be back in the Super Bowl again. And, I, and, and think about this. They have $39 million under the cap, you know, in cap money, excuse me. They can re-sign Von Miller on a two-year deal. Now, Odell Beckham is still up in the air because according to some reports that I saw, Odell Beckham has a torn ACL, which requires him he's going to be out the entire season next year, which is really a shame because I, I, I was really pulling, I know a lot of you out there that may be listening, was really pulling for Odell Beckham. All the stuff you had to go through in Cleveland and football, Siberia, 
dealing with Baker Mayfield and that organ that weak organization they call the Cleveland Browns. And then getting a fresh start in LA, guys really wanting him to be in Los Angeles. And then you see that you see if you saw the video at the end of the game where you saw Von Miller and OBJ embrace something they those two talked about extensively for many years about playing together and competing for a Super Bowl on the same team. And that dream came to fruition. And OBJ breaking down, it was just, it just really, really captured the moment of what this team went through. And even on Monday, when I asked Sean McVay about, would it be accurate to say this is a team of destiny and faith? And he basically agreed with me. Go check out my my Twitter on at Nick Hamilton 213 and on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA. He basically agreed with me. And when people didn't believe in them, they believed in themselves. And it goes to show you, people always talk about, oh, if nobody else believes in you, believe in yourself. Well, if you don't, you don't think that's true, look at the, the season of the Los Angeles Rams for 2021. They will show you how much belief in yourself and hard work and dedication that comes with that will pay off dividends. And that's exactly what it did. So the Los Angeles Rams are champions. The parade is scheduled for Wednesday here in, in downtown Los Angeles. 11 a.m. Fans are encouraged to come out. I look forward to being out there, giving you guys the coverage. Um, it's going to be a fun day. They're going to be end up at the L.A. Memorial Coliseum uh, in that area. So that's going to be fun. The weather's going to be nice. It's not going to be as hot, thank God. But it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be great to see Matthew Stafford, who silenced all his critics. Yes, he got the job done. Did the Rams win the trade? Hell yeah, they won the trade for Jerry Goff. They definitely won that trade. So it's a successful season because they won the championship. So props to them. Coming up on the other side of the break, I'm going to get into what I went through the entire Super Bowl week, kind of take you guys on a little journey with me and see uh, what I had to go, what I had to deal with and uh, how I lived off of 30 hours of sleep for the entire week. I'll get into that on the other side. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Stay tuned. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lloyd. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Sirius XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. 
But you I'm see why it's a bad idea to do that? I didn't Bro. cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look. Back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometime. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't. All of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2249, iHeart Latino. Welcome back to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Make sure you hit me up on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213 and on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA. All right, y'all. So we talked about in the first segment about the, the Super Bowl. Got to talk about the Super Bowl halftime show. Probably one of the most anticipated events next to the game that we've experienced in a very long time. I mean, it featured Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, and a special surprise guest with 50 Cent hanging upside down. Uh, I don't know how he was able to get up there and hang like that, but he did it. Um, I know there was a lot of jokes about 50 Cent looks in, <laughs> 50 Cent during inflation. Um <laughs> It was a lot of memes and a lot of jokes. Y'all were cold on 50, man, but 50 pulled it off. He got up there. He did his He did his set, uh, pulled it off, along with the great sets by Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar. And let me tell you something. Mary J. Blige, to me, 
was absolutely incredible. That was the best I heard Mary J. Blige ever sing live. And I've been to a few Mary J. Blige concerts and she was cool, but she didn't sound like that at the Super Bowl. Standing in the section as close to the field as I possibly could and listening to her, I mean, on that second song, goodness gracious. And then Eminem, of course, ripped it. And I love the fact that he took a knee for Colin Kaepernick and rep is still represented for Colin Kaepernick. I love that. I'm sure it didn't make NFL execs too comfortable, but you know what? Eminem is going to do what Eminem does. And he tore it down. Kendrick Lamar with his choreography, with the dancers with their choreography and what and his creativity shined through effortlessly. So Kendrick Lamar was incredible. Dr. Dre and Snoop. I mean, what can you say? I mean, how they put that that show together, had the city of Compton, the Compton City Hall symbol right there, had the map of the entire of the entire state. I mean, it was great. Had the lowriders out there. Snoop was in smoked <laughs> real quick as he was in one of the houses, um, on one of the stage houses. Um, love the fact that I just saw that that tweet or that Instagram post. They actually had a picture of his late mom and him. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. And I thought that was really great uh, to, to ha let him put that picture of his mother up there. I thought that was really fantastic, really classy move. Dre came out, killed it, started playing piano, get a tribute to Tupac, but playing a little I Am Mad At You beat. Um, I thought it was a phenomenal show. Was it the, the, the greatest of all time? Was it the number one? best halftime show ever no and the only reason why i say that is because prince still to me was number one prince will always be number one i think dr dre and snoop in that show is definitely a strong number two i would say michael jackson would be three beyonce when she performed at super bowl 50 would be four that would be my, my my top four Super Bowl moments. But it was epic. It was straight West Coast. We've been wanting this type of G-Funk type of... I know Bomani Jones was talking about it. I know I have been talking about it. Um, we This is something L.A. wanted. You have to be... If you're from the West Coast, if you're from L.A., if you're from the West Side, the East Side, this was the Super Bowl that was for you. And I know there was a lot of jokes about like, one day I'm going to tell my, my kids is, these were the Avengers. <laughs> but listen, those were legends on that stage. That was a legendary stage we witnessed. And I don't know how you could set the bar any higher. I really, I mean, who? good luck for the people that come in Arizona next year for their halftime show. It's going to look lame. If they don't come, I don't know who they can. I really, honestly, please let me know. Who could they get in Arizona that could top or come close to what Dr. Dre and Snoop did in L.A. this past weekend? Please let me know who can do that, because I can't think of a soul that can do that. I really can't. I can't think of anybody. I really don't. But anyway, my work week started the previous Friday because NASCAR came into Los Angeles. And I said on the on the other show that that was my first time covering NASCAR. They actually came to the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum which is in the heart of L.A. It wasn't somewhere 30 miles out of L.A. It was actually in the city. 
And people were kind of buzzing about that. And it was actually kind of cool. I've never gone to a NASCAR event ever. I mean, I'm sorry. It's just something that a lot of brothers just don't do. We don't just sit around and just watch NASCAR, at least out this way of the country. Now, maybe down south or back east, the southeast. Maybe that's something that, that folks do. But I know a few people that I know, we don't just sit around and be like, oh, man, what time is that NASCAR coming on? No. But it actually intrigued me. And I got a chance to talk to Bubba Wallace. I got a chance to talk to Kyle Bush. And being there in that atmosphere, I know a lot of people talk about like how they watch, how they can't watch hockey on television, but actually being there is a different vibe, a different experience. Same thing I've heard people talk about baseball. They always say, oh, baseball is so boring. But when I'm there, it's a different vibe, it's a different energy. It's kind of fun being in the atmosphere. That's how I felt about NASCAR. And being there and watching those guys turn that track, and yes, it was a quarter-mile track, wasn't your typical regulation track, but it was just fun to see people buzzing. I mean, NASCAR was very smart to bring out guys like Pitbull, who's obviously an owner, one of the owners of of a racing team in NASCAR. But they also brought out Ice Cube, who that is an L.A. legend, pretty much a legend, period, but definitely an L.A. legend. And that was brilliant of them to do that to bridge the gaps, to try to acquire different races of people. Because let's be honest, I'm going to be honest, I didn't see that many black people at, a, at that NASCAR event. I didn't see a whole lot of Latino people. I did see some black folks. I did see some Latino people. And in order for you to continue to grow the sport, you got to branch off and get into different demographics. L.A. was the perfect spot because L.A. is a melting pot. There's so many different cultures. There's so many different demographics. There's so many different people here. Um, different, you know, backgrounds, walks of life, whatever you want to entitle it. And I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was smart. So kudos to NASCAR. I, I might have to watch another NASCAR race. Just might. We'll see. Stay tuned. Anyway, so I did that all weekend. Went to the Clipper game because Giannis was in town. And I want to check out Giannis. And, of course, Giannis blew out the Clippers by Lord knows how many points. Um, it was raining threes like they were in a three-point shootout. And then All-Star, like the All-Star game came early. Went there, came home, did that piece, put that up. Monday was the actual day. Super Bowl week officially began. Went to Radio Row. And Monday was kind of slow. Monday was slow. Didn't really do too much. Kind of peeped out Radio Row. Kind of got the scene of the landscape. Picked up the credential. And Tuesday is really when stuff started going down. Went to Radio Row, did a couple hits. Uh, had a chance to talk to Kurt Warner. He had a, um, a salute to veterans type of football game um, in the, near the Crenshaw District in L.A. Had a chance to talk to him. Got a one-on-one interview with him. That was cool. He was all Kurt Warner was always a super, you know, super cool guy. Um, talked to him about Matt Stafford, OBJ, about the game itself. Um, just about the season, most importantly. Did that. Um, you know, came did some more work. Well, you know, and by the way, we were all on Zooms. So think about this: being on a Zoom from seven o'clock in the morning for the Cincinnati Bengals, and then jumping back on a Zoom, and times changing all through the day. So you pretty much have to juggle your schedule based upon the Zoom, the Zoom calls for the Rams and the and the Bengals because due to COVID protocol here in California, we couldn't be in person. Um, as much as we were normally accustomed to um, when you go to the team hotel and things like that. Wednesday, that's when things kicked off. Went to a few events. 
Um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, went through a few events, did Radio Row, did some hits. Uh, what party did we did I go to? There was a lot of different parties I went to. I'm not going to lie, y'all. Um, from the media party at Universal Studios, where they shut Universal Studios down for us for like four hours, where we could, only media could come in and ride all the rides at Universal Studios, chill out, walk around, um, eat for free. Like all the food venues inside Universal Studios were free. Right. Like, I mean, free 99. So, you know, your man loaded up. I was tempted to take a plate home, but I wasn't going to do that. But I was tempted to take a a plate home. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. But that was fun. Did the media party. Did a couple other parties. Uh, Did the Fanatics party with Megan Thee Stallion and Doja Cat. That was incredible. Uh, Went to the Maxim party. Saw Lil Baby perform. Chainsmokers were incredible. They shut that. They shut the show down. Um, where else did we go? What else? What other parties we go? Went to. Let's see. Saturday went to the Tights of the NFL. Got my man Charles Woodson, the Hall of Famer, to sign my football for my pops. Had to get that done. Um, went to Lee Steinberg's party at the Sony Movie Lot in Culver City. That was crazy. That was that was fun. Um. Got the best foot massage I ever got, by the way. This lady in this chair, dear God, she this chair hooked it up. Um, and then what else did we do? Oh, that Saturday went to Drake's party at the Pacific Design Center. That was fun. And then Future jumps on stage. Then I saw a report, right? And I just recently saw this report. I had no idea if Russell Wilson and Sierra were there. And when Future jumped on stage, they literally, according to the report, now I don't know if this is true or not, but according to that report, they were rushed out of the event. I don't know what the hell for. Um, but man, we crushed it. Me and my shout out to my to my friend and my boy Michael Duarte from NBC. Man, we crushed it. We crushed it. We went to all the parties. And then Sunday was obviously the game. Did that. Then the Rams had a post-game party, after-party, obviously celebratory after-party. Um, that was incredible. It was at an airport hangar. So they rented out this big, this big-ass airport hangar and just decked it out. End up, and if you look at my pictures, I do have a picture with the trophy. Your man got in there. Yeah. Hollered at Les Need, took a picture with Les Need, talked to Stan Kroenke for literally 30 seconds. <laughs> Congratulated him, uh, took a picture with him. He was a- absolutely just very respectful, very hospitable. Um, caught up with Aaron Donald. Michael Brockers was there, Troy Reader. Um, you know, Gunner performed. That was dope. Lil John came through. Lil Wayne came through. Um, Man, we rocked it. We rocked it, for sure. For sure. It was great to see. Got up on Monday because the NFL decided, you know what? We want everybody downtown L.A. in a higher rush hour to do a press conference for head coach Sean McVay and the MVP himself, Cooper Cup. So did that. Got that out the way, did some radio hits, and got prepared for today's show. Went to a a bunch of parties. 
you know, events. And I had to cover them. Like I was on the I was on carpets and stuff like that. So I wasn't just out there just trying to hang out. I was actually doing work. Believe it or not, I was actually doing work. But it was fun, man. And I got 30 hours of sleep total for the week. From Friday to today, actually. 30 hours of sleep and counting. I will not have an off day until probably Thursday. But I ain't asked nobody feel sorry for me. I'm just letting you know. It was epic. This was probably, this was my third Super Bowl I've covered. The second one I've done in person. Third one I've done overall. And by far, this was probably the best Super Bowl. Oh, let me tell y'all a quick story. Funny story. It's, it's funny now. My heart was, I was shaking like a crack game. My heart was beating out of my chest. So Sunday morning, I take a lift for miles to SoFi Stadium because the parking situation was questionable. And so I decided to take a lift down to SoFi Stadium. Well, I, was, I got dropped off probably about a block and a half away from SoFi because everything was shut down. So I'm walking into SoFi. I find the entrance. Got my credential, right? I'm rocking it. I'm sitting there, you know, got a little little swag in my step. You know what I mean? Your man out there, you know, two-stepping it across the street, you know. Got my got my got my nice my my good clothes on, you know, trying to look righteous, righteously together. And uh I get through, so I get through security, put my bag through, they check it, open it up, do the whole security thing. You know, appreciate the security team for being so detailed. I appreciate that. Makes my makes me feel like my safety is valuable. I go and scan my 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 credential. It's a dude that looked like Jack Harlow with blonde hair, with my name and everything, all my information attached. So you knew I'm like, okay, what the hell is going on? Right? Security stops me like, hey, what's going on? I had to explain this whole thing because I know in the back of their mind, they like, this dude probably got a counterfeit cred, right? Got a counterfeit credential. So I'm explaining the whole situation, how I picked it up, how a guy got to pull out my, my driver's license with all my information on it to show them, look, this is actually my photo. This is me. I picked this up. This is an official credential from the NFL office. I got approved, went through the whole thing. So they're calling I didn't go off on them. I wasn't, you know, coming at them sideways. And that's a lesson learned in itself. I'll talk about that in a minute. So they're calling, find, find out what the, what the, is they have to call like the league office or the representative to find out what they need to do. And so as I waited 45 minutes, now, mind you, it's hot. I, you know, I'm in a tent. It's hot. I got on a button down and some jeans, right? It's hot. It's damn near 90 degrees. I'm sweating like T.D. Jakes in a suit. Okay, I ain't trying to be out here sweating. I ain't not trying to. I'm not trying to look like I didn't ran the hundred yard dash inside so far. You know, I'm trying to be cooler than cool. You know, I got my my good cologne on. I'm trying to smell. I'm trying to smell right. You know, they got me out here sweating. So I stand. So I'm waiting. Right, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. They're calling two or three times. Then we do it again, same situation happens. I'm like, okay, I did not come this far to get denied because of an internal error by the, the credential office. So I'm trying to be cool. I'm trying to keep my mind off of stuff. And then, 
Somebody, some guy tries to come in and tries to scan in and try to be slick, and they rushed him and got rid of him so quick and so fast. So they kind of got my mind off of it, y'all. So anyway, long and short, a gentleman from the NFL credential office walks down with my cred, apologizes, said, hey, man, I'm sorry. You know, let's swap out creds. I'm going to stay right here. So when you scan this in, it should have your picture with all your information on it. I was like, cool. I scan it, heart stopped racing, gave the man a bad cred, took my cred, thanked the people on the security detail for looking out for me and helping me out because they didn't really have to do all of that. They could have easily been like, Psh, you on your own, bro. We don't have no point of contact. Oh, well. We called once. They're not doing it. Oh, well. But because I played it so cool and I understood they were doing their jobs, I did not go off on them. That inclined them to help me even more. And that let there be a lesson, y'all. Yeah, sometimes stuff doesn't go your way, and sometimes things will piss you off, and it has nothing to do with what you did. But the way you treat people and the way you approach people could be the difference between you getting what you want or you getting, being further behind the eight ball and being shut out of something that you had no control over. And that's the thing I learned. So, I, you know, I got back to being cool, walked myself in, you know, and then focused on the game itself. So that's my little funny story, my, my little funny Super Bowl story I want to share with y'all. Um, so hopefully next year I won't have to go through the same situation. But hey, that's why you get to this, that's why you get to the game early, right? All right, y'all. Coming up on the other side of the break, we're gonna get into uh what is next? What's gonna happen? What is going to happen when it comes to the Los Angeles Rams? What's happening? And around the league, and we'll get into some NBA talk. So you definitely want to stick around and stay tuned. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see why it's a bad idea to do that? I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. And then you oh, give me that puppy look. Back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good a thing little nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs 
and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, you know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2249, iHeart Latino. All right, y'all, final segment of the show, TMA with Nick Hamilton, is back in effect. Now, there may be a voice that, you are, that you're not hearing and that is missing. That's my man, Big Brother Jake, who's the producer extraordinaire of this show. He had to take some much time, much needed time off because he worked like nobody's business through our radio role. If you want to hear the interview that I had with him on his show, make sure you check out the Big Brother Jake podcast, available on all streaming platforms and podcast one. Uh, definitely had a good time on Radio Road, sat down with each other and uh, had some fun, man. So we kind of continued the party on his podcast. So he'll be back next week. Uh, but until then, we're going to hold it down and hold the fort down. Listen, the Los Angeles Rams have some question marks they have to answer. They have some things they got to take care of. And definitely for sure, as I talked about earlier in the show about the Cincinnati Bengals addressing their own, their own line needs, the Los Angeles Rams need to address their secondary needs because they need to find somebody that's going to be able to step up opposite side of Jalen Ramsey. In addition to the guys like, you you know, Darius Williams, Nick Scott, and those guys. And of course we hope that Jordan Fuller will be returning next season. So that should give them some much needed help as Eric Weddle re-retires as he should and got the last laugh on his former team known as the Los Angeles Chargers and general manager Tom Telesco. You want to hear that? Make sure you check out my Twitter at Nick Hamilton LA. Uh, I posted it and uh, he did not mince his words at all. I assure you. But that's one thing I look at. Um, possibly maybe some O-line help for them because if, if, if Andrew Whitworth decides to retire, which I, that is not far-fetched, man won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Such an incredible human being. 
him and his lovely wife, um, all the causes that they do in and out of Southern California um, is just remarkable. I don't think an award is enough for the humanitarian that Andrew Whitworth truly is, him and his wife, um, that they are. And for him to go win a Super Bowl championship, why wouldn't you retire? That's the only person I believe that should retire if they want to is Andrew Whitworth. Why not? So now you have to find another left tackle and somebody who's going to be able to keep Matthew Stafford upright next season. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see. It's really going to be interesting to see. Getting into a little NBA talk. Need I talk about the Lakers? LeBron is absolutely phenomenal. I don't know how he does it. I don't know what he's what type of exercise regimen he's doing, whatever nutrition he's taking, but he looks as good as a 19-year-old vet, you know, 19-year vet, I should say, is could look at this stage of his career. Um, the rest of the Lakers, terrible. Both, you know, honestly, both LA teams are terrible. And the Clippers have a little bit more of an excuse because two of their main superstars are injured. And now uh, Ty Lue revealed on Monday uh, that Norman Powell, the player they recently acquired in a trade from the Portland Trailblazers, who really gave them a, a much a, a big spark, um, even though the, the, the Clippers did beat the Warriors on Monday night, revealed that he hopes that Brandon, I mean, excuse me, Norm, Norman Powell will return this season. But he's not he's not exactly sure. That's not a good sign. So now you got three, you know, three dudes that you need for your offense that are out possibly for the year. We don't still we still don't know the status of Paul George. I know he's scheduled to have an MRI very soon to find out the status of what he's trying to do. I know he's trying to work extremely hard to avoid any type of surgical procedure. Um, so that's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, leading into the all-star break and you know the the Lakers and the Clippers my goodness gracious I mean I don't even I don't what else is there to say the Warriors are, are starting to look like human beings again um, but the Milwaukee Bucks I'm telling you and that trade with Brooklyn and Philly who really won the trade in your in you guys' estimation that are listening because to me it sounds like to me I don't think there's a clear-cut winner I think James Harden, who's continued to deal with a hamstring issue when he becomes healthy, I think he'll be a nice shot in the arm for the 76ers. I think he'll fit their needs, especially the, the offense that Doc, Doc Rivers likes to run. I think if you're Philadelphia, excuse me, if you're the Brooklyn Nets, you get a player like a Ben Simmons, who's a, whose defense is impeccable. Offense, too many question marks, not enough answers. Always said the man is a jumper away from being great. Um, but I think also too, you got those picks, you got Kevin Durant coming back off injury sometime soon, whenever Kyrie is able to play. And if they, those three can get on the same page, I think they could be a formidable opponent, but the team to look at right now. And I know, like I said, I told y'all before I cracked jokes on, on Giannis, but I'm telling you, I think Milwaukee may be the team to, to really focus in on. They're kind of flying under the radar right now. But I think Milwaukee Bucks could be the team that could potentially come out the East again. And they got the trade. They got a trade for Sergi Baca to come off the bench, as if they needed, as if they needed some other veteran on that team to help them. 
after they went and blew out to the blew out teams like the Clippers and the Lakers recently. Insane. Phoenix upgraded a little bit. Um, and I said before, the two teams to watch in the West are the Golden State Warriors and the Phoenix Suns. And I do believe that they will meet somehow, some way in the Western Conference Finals. And that's going to be an epic six or seven game series. And it's going to come down to execution and time of possession. I do believe between those two teams because they're high off, they're high powered offenses and they're high powered teams. But if you're the if you're the Golden State Warriors, if you're the Phoenix Suns, you have a battle on your hands when you make the finals, because even if it's not Milwaukee, Brooklyn's going to be a problem. I'm not. I'm still the, the jury's still out on Philly. I have to see how Embiid and Harden, Tobias Harris, and those guys work. I have to see how that's going to come together, and I think we'll get a better idea and a clearer idea um, in the latter part of the second half of the season. I really do. I think the East is really going to be gridlocked, especially in that top five seeds, top four seeds. They're really going to start to get gridlocked in the second half of the season. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Do I think the Lakers make the playoffs? Maybe they'll definitely make the play in tournament. Depending on who they have to play in the play-in tournament, I think they could make the first round. And I think they can make the first round interesting, but I don't think they get out the first round. Not the way they've been playing. Not with Russell Westbrook, not with LeBron, and not with AD, the, the way they've been playing. I don't think they get out the first round. Hell, I don't even know if Frank Vogel's going to make it past the season. So there's all kind of question marks there. I have no idea. None at all. None. So that's going to be very interesting. Um, Major League Baseball. Don't know if they're going to start their season on time. MLBPA, the MLB. I know they're looking at a federal arbitrator to try to negotiate some terms and try to get them back on the field in a timely manner. But to be honest, y'all, I don't know if they're going to start on time. I don't know if spring training is going to be on time. I don't know if the season is going to be on time. We might be be prepared. And I'm not saying this is going to happen because I have no inside knowledge on what's going on with those negotiations. So I'm not going to be out here acting like I do when I simply don't. But this is just my theory. This is Nick Hamilton's theory. My theory is be prepared for a shorter game season. I'm not saying it's going to be 60 games like we witnessed during the pandemic in 2020. But if we have 100, maybe 120 games versus having 162-game season, be prepared for that. Be prepared where the season may not start until May. As long as they keep the All-Star game in L.A. so I can be there, that's all I care about. I mean, if I'm going to pick a side, I roll with the players. I roll with the players all day. Get your money. Get your money. Get your get your 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 money. Get everything. Your health benefits. You know, post post playing career benefits. Get all of that. Get everything you can get. And also, my heart goes out to the workers of these stadiums because a lot of these stadiums that aren't open, the, the people can't work and they can't make a living. So, my also in addition to me siding with the players, I'm also siding with the workers. You know, the staffs that work at these stadiums that work for these teams because they're directly affected more than the players, 
way more than the owners. And it's a money battle and I get it. But the people that truly suffer are the staffs and the employees of these teams and these stadiums. So I hope that somehow, some way they reach some sort of agreement sooner than later so people can have a place to work and make a living and earn their money the way they need to earn their money. Because if they don't, guess what? Nobody's at the stadium. They don't get paid. And that's the unfortunate part about these lockouts. People, a lot of y'all don't think about, we just look at the players and the owners. We don't think about what it affects the workers and their families, that it directly affects. So kind of keep that in mind too. So I hope they resolve these, these negotiations fairly quickly. Um, but if not, like I said, be prepared for a little shorter season. And that's going to be interesting because baseball can't afford to have any more short seasons. With the NFL doing what it's doing, with the NBA is doing what it's doing, now, the, the NBA has become a year-long league now, especially in the offseason. It's become a year-long league. The WNBA is growing. You know, that's that's pretty much the summertime. So the WNBA is growing now. So they got some competition out there, especially with the NBA, especially in the playoff, in the playoff hunt. Everybody watched the NBA playoffs. So there are going to be more eyeballs on the NBA playoffs and less eyeballs on Major League Baseball. And it's going to be far worse because most people don't really pay attention to, to baseball early in the season. They really don't start paying attention to like the all-star break in like the second half. So baseball better get it together because they can't afford to be losing fans and losing eyeballs. That ain't going to work. Not at all. So we'll see what happens. We'll keep you posted on what happens. That is my time for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in to this pro to this broadcast. If you miss any portion of it, make sure you download and subscribe to us on our streaming platforms, iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Google Play, all for free 99. Make sure you hit me up on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA. Make sure you follow me at nightcastmedia.com, your gateway to sports, pop culture, community, tech, entertainment, all rolled into one. Also, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash NH Experience TV, and follow me on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. For my producer extraordinaire, Jake Warner, aka Big Brother Jake, for everybody at SiriusXM, Slam Radio, and Nightcast Media, I'm Nick Hamilton. Make sure you guys have a great rest of your week. Stay sharp. I'm out. The views and opinions expressed on TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose, are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.